Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I'm Ben Duncan, and on this podcast, I will be interviewing prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana. In today's episode, I am joined by Robin Emblem. Robin is a Salesforce solution architect who is currently based in London, having spent a few years working in the New Zealand Salesforce market. Through the episode, we heard more about Robin's background. He actually started his career as a recruiter. So I was really interested to hear more about how he progressed from being a recruiter to working his way up to solution architecture. We look at what skills were transferable and uh, and what Robin had to learn on his journey what his initial plans had been after moving into the Salesforce space, how and why he was given opportunities to lead engagements from quite an early stage in his Salesforce journey, some of the differences between the New Zealand and UK Salesforce markets. Um, and then we really focus in on how he made the leap from functional consultant to solution architect, how being in the remote world through and post COVID um, has impacted his, his progression, uh, if at all, um, in that he's not been working with people day to day to learn from as he's moving into that solution architect role. And then we look at some of his, his goals for the future. So a really, really interesting episode and really great for people perhaps that aren't from a technical background that, that can take some inspiration from the journey that Robin has been on. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, please do subscribe for future episodes that are coming through. So Robin, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you here. I guess our, um, our online relationship started when you were in New Zealand and uh, we've had a few conversations, but this is the first time we're speaking uh, about your career and, and um, going in depth around how you've kind of made the transition that you've made. Um, so yeah, really excited to hear that journey. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited to, to tell you, I suppose, <laughs> and, and talk about it. Um, it doesn't happen too often. So yeah, it's a good opportunity. Awesome. So let, let's look back at your, um, I guess, your early kind of aspirations and, and plans and what you wanted to do with your career before you, you moved into the workforce. Yeah, I mean, you know, very sort of younger days, I had my eyes set on being a pilot. <laughs> um, and, and that was kind of really early aspirations. Um, and that kind of floated away. And I kind of got wrapped up in, in, I suppose, being in my teenage years and my 20s, and, and it sort of disappeared for a bit. And in my initial career was, was quite unstructured because uh, I, I didn't go to university and I didn't pursue further education. I ended up kind of sort of floating around for a little bit in, in my formative years and, and then doing a bit of traveling, which I, I took full advantage of and, and enjoyed every minute. And to be perfectly honest with you, I sort of almost fell into recruitment. It's, <laughs> it wasn't planned. And, and that's, a, I suppose, a tale of his time, right, in that industry. And, and I suppose the aspirations at that point sort of were, were very much focused around my role in, in recruitment and, and eventually HR. And when I started to move internally, I was looking more around kind of organizational strategy. And that's, that's sort of in my kind of mid-20s, I started to really think about, okay, what direction does my career go in? And, and at that point in time, it was focused around organizational development, resource planning, and internal strategy around staffing and, and HR. So for anyone that's listening that doesn't understand the recruitment industry, it's um, it's very, very common for people not to plan to be a recruiter in life. Um, I think, you know, obviously that's, I'm releasing a podcast today, um, and that's about my journey and how I became a Salesforce recruiter, but I, I didn't go to university. I definitely didn't plan to be a recruiter. And everyone I know, I think, has fallen into the 
the industry. So had IT ever been something you were interested in? Not, not really. I mean, I was, I suppose I was always kind of cognizant of the opportunities available in the, in the world of IT. The career paths that, that were there, I think I was kind of loosely aware of, but I, I suppose given that I, I didn't study, uh, and I didn't, you know, have a computer science degree, from my perspective at that point in my career, it felt really inaccessible. And so whilst I was, I was kind of, um, cognizant of, again, the opportunities that, that were there and, and the paths that you could take, it felt like it was never something that was, was going to happen, really, just given given this, the situation that I was in with respect to my experience and, and my education. So what, what did you recruit for? So I started out recruiting uh, architects, but in, in the construction world. Um, so, so yeah, in the world of buildings, that's actually how I met my partner. She's an architect and we met at an industry event. Um, but and I, I still do hold a, hold a passion for architecture. So it was a great kind of world to work in, working in the, in the world of design and moved slowly when, when I relocated to New Zealand, because I started out recruiting for architecture in, in London. Um, when I relocated to New Zealand, started to move more into the world of construction and engineering, eventually ended up working for a large global engineering uh, organization internally as one of their sort of talent partners and yeah very focused around the the, the world of uh, of buildings essentially um but it was a consultancy it was an engineering consultancy so there are actually quite a lot of parallels around the the world that i'm in now <laughs> as a salesforce sort of consultant architect uh, and the world that i came from it's not obviously like a clear obvious path from what you were doing to then finding salesforce and and taking that interest so was there just a moment you kind of fell over it and um, and here you were, this was a platform in front of you that you you, you found um, interesting? Yeah, absolutely. So, it, you know, you hit the nail on the head. There's, there's, it's very difficult to draw a tangible line from what I was doing to where I am now. Um, but it just so happened that I was, I was utilizing Salesforce as a tool. So the organization that I was working with, we, we were using Salesforce as our recruitment tool. Um, and it was a managed, a very weird use case for Salesforce, but it, it was being managed by. Uh, we had a managed package called Job Science that was on there. It was all in. It was all in classic. It was hugely restrictive. Lots of Visual Force pages. So it was a real bread and butter basic version uh, of the platform that I know and build now. And I, I, I think I just got stuck with something one day and found myself on Trailhead. It really did start from there. And I suppose that that shroud of inaccessibility around the world of IT started to kind of fall down when I realized that actually I can go on and I, I you know, I can self, I can self teach my, you know, I can self learn and I can teach myself and go through that process. And also I'm, I'm a kind of a sucker for collecting things. So seeing that I could get badges <laughs> and there were different ranks to, and the, the kind of gamification of that learning process, I suppose, really talked to me. So and that's what I started doing. And, and being a recruiter, I, I did look into, well, what are the paths? You know, if I do take this seriously, I, I move in this direction as a genuine career change, because this was sort of a couple of weeks into my learning journey. Um, where, will I, where will I end up? What will my job roles potentially look like? So I suppose I, I started to form kind of an understanding of, of the direction my career could take at that point. Yeah, it was basically going on to Trailhead, learning things. And then unfortunately for everyone listening, kind of manhandling our Salesforce instance <laughs> um, and building things out for my for my for my boss at the time because we didn't have a dedicated internal Salesforce resource. Uh, it was just one of the applications that the organization utilized. 
the IT team were across many different applications, and we basically got handed the keys to the castle. And I'm sure I did some 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 terrible things at that very early phase, but there wasn't too much that I knew, so I couldn't break anything in earnest. I think the thing that spoke to me initially was was that I could, you know, see the effort that that I was putting in and see it translate into change for for the organisation that I was working for. So. Just seeing, building out basic processes and basic automation, putting together reports and seeing how that would impact my colleagues and help my management as well, kind of really excited me. I thought, oh, well, you know, actually, this is something I can get my teeth into and and I can actually immediately see the change that it's making to the business around me. And from that point, it was it was then kind of the thinking switch. And it was like, well, OK, now I'm starting to think not just about what I've done and reports that I've built, but how many opportunities there are for this tool in my role and, and the role that my team are doing. And then the wider business as well. You know, how can we interact with HR to make sure that when we're getting a hire, they're doing their provisioning for the IT equipment before we even, you know, make that requisition. So it started to kind of, the, the scope and capability of, of what I was working with started to bump, become clear. And I found that really exciting. Um, and then I just had to basically make a job out of it. And that was, that's the difficult part, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, did you, did they come to you and ask you to be the kind of um, accidental admin, I guess, in the team as part of your remit? Or did you put your hand up and say, you know, I want to give this a shot? Yes, effectively, I I spoke to my manager um, and said, you know, I've been learning, I think there's some time savings we can do here around reporting, because they were pulling all of the data out the system, putting it into Excel spreadsheets, uh, aggregating the data, and then sending that report off to leadership. And obviously, after five minutes on Trailhead, I was starting to think, well, actually, you know, we can do all of this on the platform. So it was a suggestion that I made to my boss um, at the time, and he was all for it, very, very supportive, um, obviously cognizant that it shouldn't take up too much of my time because it wasn't really my job. But I said, hey, I'm going to save you five, six hours a week. <laughs> you know, how does that sound? And then it was just a conversation with the IT team to, to basically give me give me the, those, the, again, the keys to the castle and give me the rights to start changing things. And I was very cautious, you know, I was very cognizant of the fact that there isn't, I shouldn't be dealing with metadata, uh, you know, I should be focusing on changes to data. I don't want to really break anything entire. So it was effectively just a case of, yeah, putting my hand up and speaking to someone and saying, I think we can we can do some cool stuff here. And then you you went into consulting and, you know, you forged a consulting career from that point. But if we look at the skills that you had as a recruiter and um, and the the non IT skills, I guess what what were the most transferable skills that you were able to kind of bring across? Yeah, I mean that's absolutely fundamental to to me getting this the role that I, I initially got as a junior consultant were my recruitment skills because it's it's communication, confidence of communication, and those soft skills to engage with stakeholders to to get their confidence and to to you know elicit requirements from them in a manner that it makes sense right and and that that art of communication and understanding pain points within an organization and how a business is structured and how different functions of an organization work together that is all a process that you would undertake as a recruiter the only difference is the application of the tool to solve that problem is a new hire as opposed to some new technologies so the process is very much the same it's it's talking to different stakeholders within an organization, where's the gap? Where's the issue? Why does the issue exist? So all of those sort of structured lines of questioning that you go through in a, in a kind of, you know, full scope recruitment process, 
you actually have to go through anyway as part of the Salesforce process to understand where the need for change exists. And then it's all about the application of the tool, right? I think that was the reason that I, I, I think the initial consultancy that hired me took a chance on me is because um, I demonstrated that skill set. And there is a degree, I suppose, and you know, perhaps not anymore, but I think there's a degree of rarity around that soft skill communications piece and being able to understand not just the technical aspects of Salesforce, but the application of it, what the requirements are within the organization, and really mapping out those internal business structures. That's really important. And it's something you have to do in recruitment. Um, you have to understand, you know, does sales play well with marketing? Where, where do they butt heads? You know, where's their conflict in their internal processes? What's the culture look like of the person that I'm going to have to put into this organization? Uh, you know, uh, what skill sets do they need? So that process of eliciting kind of requirements and identifying the issues that is, is not identical, but fundamentally the same. So I was well-versed and well-practiced in that. And I'd done it across large organizations and comfortable talking with people all the way through the organizational hierarchy up to C-suite. It's, it's a foundational set of skills that I rely on heavily today. And I think it's, it's highly transferable. It's really important. It's in, in the world of consulting or whether you're internal, because if you're internal, you've just got same set of stakeholders, a different form of engagement, um, maybe a different mm -hmm. timeline of engagement as well. But yeah, it's, it, it's, you know, it's been immeasurably helpful in, in my role. So what did you struggle with? Unsurprisingly, it was the total lack of kind of technical background. I mean, it, it was coming at, uh, at this role in this industry from a totally different sort of direction. So it was fundamental concepts and fundamental technical concepts. Through self-learning and, and through Trailhead, you, you can obviously um, get yourself to, to a reasonable degree of, of education around the system. But ultimately, there are fun, fundamental technical concepts around looping variables, you know, recursion, governor limits, how to avoid them, that, that if you don't have that baseline or background education, you have to learn. Okay, and, and you have to learn in context. And I think that was the fundamental difference for me is um, making sure that I was learning in context. I'd done the theory. I'd obviously spent time on Trailhead and, you know, I'd taken my, my certifications. But actually, the, the opportunity to sit with someone and to understand the, you know, the application of these tools in context of a project um, was really important. And, and early, early doors, that was something that I knew was going to be a challenge and, and something that I knew that I had to make sure that I addressed very quickly. And it was essentially just a case of, of putting my hand up for every single opportunity and learning as much as I possibly could. And I was, I was hugely lucky um, that in the first sort of two consultancies that I worked for, and obviously even today in my current role, I've always been supported by people that are very patient <laughs> um, and, and smarter than me. And that's what I've, I've kind of sought those people out to find those, you know, to sit alongside someone and, and learn from them and, and make sure that I'm always in that position of, of, you know, at least once a week I should be going, oh, wow, you know, that's a, that's a really cool concept. I'm going to put that in place in the next, in the next you know, piece of work or project that I, that I work on. So it was a concerted effort and I was very cognizant that I had, I had uh, a lack of technical aptitude at the beginning of my career. Like in terms of the actual getting hands on, because I mean, like building a report, things like that, obviously there's, there's, but when you start getting into things like flows that are a, a bit more technical, yeah, like with, with that support, did that still, was it easy enough for you to pick up or was there something you just didn't get? Like you, you just really struggled for a, a period of time. 
I think I was quite fortunate uh, and I did manage to, to, to pick it up relatively quickly. I think it was something that just clicked. Generally, I have quite a logical process-driven approach to any problem. Um, and so it was quite natural for that for, for myself to apply that with the declarative tools such as you know flow and but again it was a case of I would build something out in the way that I thought w- was suitable and then it was always a case of going to one of my colleagues and saying run me through how you would do this what's the approach that you would take and just refining what I felt was was the right approach to take and again putting everything in context and I'm sure there's stuff that I would have built you know three years ago that I'd look at now and go, what was I thinking? <laughs> Fortunately, I always had people around me to, to kind of set me straight. But yeah, it was it was it was challenging. But it was, you know, I really did throw myself at this this learning curve um, for the first. I'm still doing it now, but certainly for that first year, it was it was a, a very, you know, very much a concerted effort to make sure that I got up to speed. And so I could marry those two skill sets together. Right. And, you know, being able to take that kind of soft skills piece um, and underpin it with a good technical foundation. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was hard work for sure. <laughs> but I was surrounded by the right people. Yeah, for sure. So you got your first uh, in uh, 2019, um, and you mentioned before that when you were kind of looking at Salesforce, you kind of looked to see where your career could progress. So I'm guessing, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was probably the admin, sir. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. The the, the famed starting point for most people in the industry. Yeah. What was the plan from there? Did you did you always have architecture as your kind of um, your goal? No, I mean, you know, initially it was in context of what I was doing. The plan was actually very much around just working within the the, the sphere of Salesforce at the organisation I was working for. I had no kind of real intention to to move uh, out the, the organization I was working with and seek out work in a consultancy. I was, I was kind of hoping to kind of build that skill set um, where, where I was purely because I, I, I thought, well, I'm, I'm not going to be ready for consultancy. You know, they're probably going to want people that are highly experienced in the technical aspect. And um, probably, again, devaluing my own skill set around that, that soft piece and that understanding of business and process. You know, in the short term, my expectation was that I was going to be an admin and, and, and I was going to kind of hopefully transition into that role where I was. I, I just so happened to to share a commute with someone that every day would would get on I would get on a ferry to get to work in Auckland. And I'd share a commute with someone that every day would be wearing some sort of Salesforce swag, right? That'd be the hat or the jumper. And it was when I was kind of in early doors engrossed in trailhead and eventually kind of plucked up the courage to tap him on the shoulder and say, you know, do you work at Salesforce or are you involved? And it just so happened to be a principal solution engineer <laughs> at the Salesforce. And I kind of shared my story and said, you know, I'm, I'm learning at the moment. I'm really interested in it. And he kind of threw the gauntlet down. There's a chap called Justin Robertson, um, really great mentor, actually, those, those early days. Um, and uh, he threw the gauntlet down and said, well, if you get your, you know, if you can get your admin set, I know a really good consultancy that was Lavabox was the first place I went. Said, no, really good consultancy that you can start out with getting involved in projects and get some some real good mentorship. And so that's that's what I did. I, I, I went away and I sort of doubled my efforts and took the cert and then got back in contact with Justin. He put me in touch with, with Lavabox and it kind of went from there, that conversation. I think they were very, yeah, again, it's, I don't believe in luck. I think there's preparation meeting opportunity, right? So that opportunity arose and I just so happened I'd prepared for it. Um, and my, my, my previous background in HR and recruitment kind of fed into that because I think the team at Lavabox saw that 
I was hungry to learn and I was willing to learn. And I already had this course skill set that I could apply immediately. Um, and yeah, kind of just went from there. And and then it's 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 gone a hundred miles an hour ever since. It <laughs> felt like yesterday. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you you were given. I'm not sure if it was at Lava Box or, but I, I know having had online conversations with you before and it had some insight into the kind of engagements and projects that you worked on. You were given opportunities to lead some quite decent sized, quite, you know, complex um, Salesforce projects from an early stage in your journey. What what do you think gave um, your management team the, the confidence in, like you said, you were learning still, right? So w- what was it about you that gave them the confidence to put you out on these engagements? You know, I, I think I've been in these very large environments before, right? And I say I was used to tackling problems within big matrix organizations with global presence and uh, you know, degree of internal politics here and there. And ultimately, I was able to kind of spot spot process, spot gaps in processes and understand how how people in organization in organizations need to interact together and what data um, from one departmental function might impact another. So I think it was kind of my ability in at the early stages to identify that um, and run good discovery around those pieces. But also to to kind of connect with my clients, right? I, I always have an aim of making a friend out of a client because it just makes everything easier. I'd managed to do that on a couple of these large name clients that we worked with to build that relationship, um, and it, it it did make the process of managing those projects and engaging with those people flow, you know, flow pretty smoothly. Um, and I I think it was the fact that we we had a team around us as well that were were very technically gifted. Um, so I was always supported there as well, and yeah, I think I was also just a, a you know, again a, a degree of, of of luck there as well that um, I was I was given those opportunities, and I suppose they had they had faith in me to 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 not screw it up <laughs> essentially, <laughs> um, and I didn't. So yeah, it was a, it was it was a it was a good place to kind of start out for sure. Did you have confidence though, like going into the like you know your first big engagement and and um... Because I think some of the engagements you were kind of on your own as well dropped in to to be the sole resource. Yeah, there, there's there's been projects I've worked on where I've you know I'm kind of running it in silo. I think I had confidence uh, in, in those early days. I, I had confidence in the the people around me ultimately and the support networks and structures that I had within those consultancies. And I've just been very fortunate that I've always. I suppose fortunate, but I've always made a, a point of picking cultures and environments where you are supportive of each other's work. And and that's always been a, a big part of, you know, how I would pre-qualify an organization that I'm going to join. That, yeah, so there's a, a degree of nerves. Um, but ultimately, I think, you know, I've got the skill set, I've got the tools, the information is available to me, right? If I spend the time to, to understand it, and if I understand the concepts and and at the you know at that point I was it was still kind of my learning journey but I knew that I I did have confidence in myself to deliver but uh, under underpinning that was that I had a team around me that would would look to support me if I got stuck and vice versa that's just the way we worked um so very collaborative environments um and yeah yeah so there, there wasn't a great deal of fear um bizarrely <laughs> more, yeah, <laughs> more so now the more I know the more it scares me 
Yeah, for sure. So you uh, you spent a couple of years in um, Auckland. Um, you're from the UK originally. You've returned to the UK. So uh, other than the fact that you now get a train to work and not a ferry, <laughs> what what differences have you found between the the ecosystems, like from a Salesforce perspective, in in both locations? From a Salesforce perspective, I mean, in general, there's there's obviously generally cultural differences, um, but. From the Salesforce perspective, I'd say it's just the general scale of engagement, right? Uh, it's much more typical that, um, you know, here we'll be working on multi-cloud projects with four plus clouds, you know, a larger user base. Very often that we're talking uh, international presence. So there's more considerations that, that go into that. So it is generally the scale of, of project and the scale of delivery uh, and the pace of delivery is, is a bit a bit keener as well. So but in general, I, 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 I thought this to myself the other day, I can't really pick out any fundamental differences other than the size and scale of a project that you'd be working on and, and the clients that you're interfacing with. And are you, um, because like in, in Australia and New Zealand, I find that, you know, a lot of the projects you're focused on the region, so you're focused on delivering for New Zealand, right? Or you're focused on delivering for Australia. Do you know, like in the UK, are you typically delivering projects for European scale organizations? Yeah, two of the recent projects that I've worked on have had transatlantic locations um, and also spread across across Europe as well. And that brings into, into play a, a whole kind of new realm of um, issues, right, that you need to solve when you've got teams mm -hmm. uh, delivering services in different languages, for example, just one aspect of the complications that that can bring. So definitely um, that is more common. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite common. And so it's more more common than not uh, in terms of the, the, the sphere of work that I've been doing recently. Mm -hmm. Now, you you didn't start your Salesforce career that long ago. Um, and you've progressed from like accidental admin, functional consultant, and, and solution architect. Now, a lot of people, and, and I, I know other people that have come from a recruitment background into Salesforce, but you're probably... You're the person that stands out has has made the most progress the quickest. If you look at that functional consultant to solution architecture leap that you recently made, how did you do that? Like that, that's a, a leap that a lot of people are looking to do. And what what did you need to know that you didn't know as a functional consultant? So I, I think it's again it's becoming technically comfortable with all facets of of the platform, right, and all facets of the solution. So I was, as I mentioned very cognizant of my need to expose myself to as much as possible. And, and that exposure, from my perspective anyway, should never come, come just from theory. So I understood that learning and progressing towards certifications was an important aspect of my career development in a technical sense. But actually, I need that. I need that understanding in the context of a project. So, you know, the last few years has always been about spotting the gap in my technical skill set putting my hand up and asking to be involved. And as part of that involvement, typically I'd be kind of, you know, the Padawan of someone that was was highly uh, knowledgeable in those spaces. So whether that was with dealing with, you know, Salesforce Connect and a no data integration, or whether that's dealing in service cloud and omni-channel flows or whatever it might be. Um, if there's an area that I wasn't comfortable in or that I wasn't aware of or I hadn't used before, it was about becoming proficient certainly not wouldn't call myself the master of any of anything right because you're always learning it's always changing but becoming technically comfortable and making sure that i had on project exposure in the core areas of work not spreading myself too thin i don't you know there's 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 clouds and certain solutions that i've not been involved with and i probably won't be involved with because they're not 
there are areas that don't particularly interest me, right? But in, in the core areas of focus that I have been working in, you know, sales cloud, service cloud, CPQ, experience cloud, as it's called now, um, it was just getting the exposure and then slowly taking on larger responsibilities in those projects. So again, it's about putting my hand up, making myself feel uncomfortable, I suppose. Um, always, again, with a degree of confidence because I've, I'd have those people around me. And then that slowly morphed, I think, uh, it, the last consultant of that at Gravity Lab, that kind of morphed into running my own small implementations and then, you know, solutioning for um, slightly bigger phases, you know, phases of larger projects um, and taking the lead on a solution design for those. And, and that complexity kind of slowly grew. Um, I don't think I'd have got there if I hadn't been willing to kind of put my hand up and it's being willing is one thing. It's, it's making those around you aware that you want to learn that's really important, I think. And, and people, I think, generally kind of miss that a little bit. Uh, they expect those opportunities to kind of just come and, and you'll get given the exposure. Fundamentally, I've always told people and made them aware of <laughs> where I want to end up and what I want to be doing uh, and the development that I'm looking for. And people want to help each other. So generally, I'd be given those experiences. But it was, yeah, gaining kind of gaining exposure, scaling that exposure, eventually it, that, that morphed into running smaller implementations. Then it was running, you know, solution design on phases of larger implementations where we're kind of shuffling resource around. Uh, recently, it was demonstrating my technical ability. So, you know, I developed a reusable solution that's a, a packaged application that we can push through and use again and again on, on new projects. So um, there was that aspect. With respect to, to, you know, what I wish I, I kind of knew before I moved into the role, I wouldn't say wish, but just preparation. I think as a consultant, as in a functional consultant, you are generally focused on packages of work. So whilst you are solutioning, you're solutioning within the context of a silo um, or a specific problem that you're trying to solve as part of a wider project. The holistic nature of the architect's role is something that is the immediate challenge to someone stepping into this as a, as a new role, right? So stepping away from those individual packages of work where your responsibility is siloed and moving towards questions like, okay, you know, what's my environmental strategy like on this project? What deployment tool set are we going to utilize? What does the scope of the project look like? How can I protect the project within that scope through our discovery? You know, looking out for gotchas with respect to like third-party integrations, where in this business is sort of flow of data. Um, are there third-party integrations to external systems that I have to consider in my solution design? And then does the future state of what they want impact that? And, and you're doing all of this at the same time. So it's, it's a big change and it is a big step and it's a big leap. And it's something that you, you just get used to. I, I think you have to. And I complain a lot at the moment to, to my boss. That's how I get used to it. <laughs> it's just like, and so I kind of grumble and moan a little bit. Um, and then eventually, it, like everything, right, it will become the new norm and it will just start to get natural and start to feel feel normal. But definitely, I think just being aware of that, I mean, and you're running teams as well. You know, you've got five consultants on a project that's going to last a year. We've got five different clouds on that project. Um, and I've got to make sure that that documentation is workable and, and that everything I design is is easy to be, you know, easy to follow and so you're spinning many different plates and i think you can feel technically comfortable in in different areas but you've also got to make sure you can put it all together spin every one of those plates and then do a, a whole raft of other stuff on the side so 
it's it, it it's a different world um that's for sure but it's enjoyable i wish time travel was real because i'd like to go back and show you three years ago everything you just said <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting to to know if you if you'd have thought at that point you could get to this stage within you know three four years i no, absolutely not i actually um embarrassing I've, i think i've still got it i wrote down kind of my goals right for my career when i stepped into the, my first junior consultant's role because i mean you know I was, I was i was into my career quite far into my career in the hr world right and um you know it was a step backwards initially i, I you know took, took quite a few steps back to move into a junior role into a new world but that's because I, I felt like there was a good opportunity and fundamentally i just enjoyed the work more yeah, so I wrote down my goals, and yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I need to kind of just bed in <laughs> and just cement these skill sets down now and slow down a little bit, and yeah, because otherwise I'll run out of roll, I'll, I'll run out of road, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, one one question I wanted to ask, um, and this is a, a real hot topic at the moment with like remote working and things like that, and I, I guess um, the conversation we've had, uh, it's been centered around learning from others and leaning on others and, and you know, picking up skills from other people. And, and that's been a, a kind of theme of this discussion. So has not being able to work face to face with team members been detrimental to your progress? Um, I mean, it doesn't seem like it because you have progressed so quickly. But but like t taking that step from functional consultant so to solution architect in a remote world must have been more difficult than if you were in an office five days a week with solution architects. Absolutely. I mean, it's it, you have more time because you're uh, you know you're, you're eliminating commutes and stuff. So I, I find your time rich, and if you want that personal that professional development to look at things in theory, you're able to do so. I think more so than ever before. But what you miss and what's lacking again is is questions in context, right? And whiteboarding together. Uh, I mean, that's how I learned a lot of a lot of you know my progression was based around being sat next to someone, watching what they're doing, and asking questions. Whilst you can do that over digital tools, it's a bit more disjointed, and I I don't think you get into that state of flow um, that you can do when you're in the room with someone. But then that being said, I was like, you know, I, I went through a process of, of before moving into this role, I was on a project with a, one of our senior solution architects, a lady called um, Priscilla Renwick is amazing, like fantastic. Yeah, I know Priscilla. Oh, you yeah. did, right, right. Yeah, so I was... She's, she's been on the podcast before, yeah. she. Uh, <laughs> I met her at Dreamforce one year and uh, she was in Sydney on holiday and came and, and did a face-to-face -face podcast just before COVID shut the world down. Uh, right, so I was basically her understudy on a project oh, that awesome. we just ran, and as you can imagine, yeah. So that the mentorship that I got from from that process, um, and just being able to witness the way that she structures projects and the way she thinks about her solutions um, was really important for me, and it was a huge piece of my my development. And I'm I'm basically mimicking that that process right at the moment. So it's you you can get to kind of that high level. But I think when we're talking more technical knowledge and when we're kind of learning, you know, if you like we talked about, you know, flow, for example, I, I don't think you quite get the depth of, of, of learning through Zoom as you would be if you were in that room and able to just kind of ask those fluid questions. So I think, you know, is the lack of office time detrimental? In some areas, yes. But in other areas, I find it, I, I found it, you know, uh, equitable in essence you know i haven't i haven't felt i've suffered um but i could see that if i was back where i was a couple of years ago and you know trying to learn flow for the first time 
not being able to sort of sit next to someone and, and run through it and understand those concepts and you know little tips and tricks that you won't find in documentation right um you know funny little formulas that people have put places in in variables and um, to achieve things that's that's i think going to be missing unless you're in the room with people yeah and it, it really um like it surprises me when i speak to a junior person now and and they're looking they're like oh no i won't consider going into the office i'm looking 100 remote because i think if you look back at your career you, it, you wouldn't have got to where you are now no, without that you know that yeah. just being embedded in a team and like i work remotely right so who am i to tell people they have to work in an office but I do think like you do miss out on some of that learning curve if you've just not got someone to just go, can you have a quick look at this? I'm struggling. And then to sit down and grab a coffee and spend an hour talking you through that solution and why you could have done it a different way. Um, like those kind of conversations um, that you, you just miss. I'm, I think I'm certain that I wouldn't be where I am now. And I can say that with pretty much certainty that I, I wouldn't be had I not had the opportunity to sit alongside people and just, you know, the way in which people engage as well. Um, I mean, if you're not, comfortable around soft skill engagement you need to be in the room to witness that happening to, to a degree to build those skills you know technical areas one piece but um and and you know just understanding how the process works you need to be there i mean but i mean i'm sure if if i'd have started my career now i'd be saying the same thing no i you know i i, I don't want to be commuting why would i but we're we yeah, our own yeah. worst enemies right we have generally have pretty short-term thinking and I probably would have yeah. taken that short-term thinking process where if you think a bit longer term, I think you will accelerate your career and learn faster um, and just have richer relationships with people by spending some time in the office. I mean, I'm all about balance, right? And I think where I work now has a, has a perfect balance, right? You've got to be in the office one day a week. You can choose to be in the office more, um, but ultimately, you know, it's that flexibility between the two. Um, I think, yeah, I think fully remote, especially as a junior, you'd struggle. Oh, that, that ferry ride must have been terrible as well. I can completely understand why you would have said you wanted to work remotely full time. I'm not joking. I think it was the second month that we were living on the island. It was an island called Waiheke, just off the coast of Auckland. Second month there, I was late to work because we got waylaid by dolphins, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> no yeah, which is a bit different to what I've usually experienced. So yeah, it was a it was a good commute to, to to have to struggle through every day. So it wasn't so bad. For sure. Yeah. So you said uh, you need to bed down now, um, but what does the future hold? You've ticked a lot of those goals off, I'm sure, probably all of the goals that you set yourself back three, four years ago when you were starting out yeah. your Salesforce journey. Yeah. But what's next? Like, where, where do you go from here? Well, I mean, you know, there, there are the, the, the small certifications that I've obviously got sort of ahead of me that I want to achieve. This, this you know, CTA is always that kind of, it's always on anyone in Salesforce probably has it on their horizon at some point, right? I, I when I'll start that process, I don't know. You know, I'm set like you said, short term is all about kind of just bedding in, knuckling down and cementing, you know, cementing in my mind doing the right thing. Um but long term, I suppose it's just broadening responsibility and, and whether that's bigger teams, bigger projects, or whether that means moving into more kind of a leadership role. Um, I think that's what I'm looking for. Again, stretching myself a bit, but yeah, at the moment it's about it's about just learning and and getting getting proficient and comfortable and and um, sort of accelerating the role that I'm in in terms of my skill set. But once I'm there, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll think I'll start to widen things out a bit and start to maybe look at things from a more of a leadership and commercial perspective. But um, who knows? 
knows, right? Well, look, thanks so much. I've really enjoyed hearing about the, the journey and I think it will really inspire lots of people. So if there's um, anyone listening that's maybe at some stage that you have been at in the past, whether that's um, the accidental admin or functional consultant looking to get to solution architect, um, where's the best place for people to hit you up with any questions? Probably just LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not, not too too big on social media outside of LinkedIn. So that's probably the best place to search me up, Rob, Robin Emblem on LinkedIn. Uh, I've got a much more professional looking picture than you'll see here, but it was a, it was a, <laughs> it was a some years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And yeah, all the best for whatever does come next. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Ben. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Town Hub Talk. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love it if you could subscribe and also leave a short review. We're keen for this podcast to reach as many people in the Salesforce ecosystem as possible, and your reviews will help us do that.